0: If it's your first time here, thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes of the show as there is a ton of foundational content there for you. And even if it's not your first time here, it's a great time to go back and re-listen to some of those foundational episodes for things you never got around to implementing. I also encourage you to go back and catch up on any of the episodes you may have missed during December. They're all super short and sweet, but we cover some really important e-commerce topics. So to kick off the new year and get you set up for an awesome 2021, I want to chat about planning like an e-commerce badass. So many of us as small business owners tend to figure things out as we go, and while that can certainly work, many of us are living proof of that, it can be a lot less stressful if we actually have a rough outline of what we want to focus on for the year and break that down into smaller, manageable chunks. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, in order to figure out what it is that we want to focus on, we first have to reflect on our previous year. And you've heard me talk about this a million times, so I'm not going to go too deep into the process on that, Check out episode 11 of the podcast to learn more about the campaign recap process and sit down and do them not only for your most recent holiday season, but for your year as a whole. So what did you uncover? By the time you complete these and really start looking at the numbers, you'll likely figure out things like which marketing channels you should spend more time on, what products you should put more focus on, what systems you might need to get in place to support your business. Maybe it's time to start running ads or maybe you need to hire some more people. Whatever insights you gain, jot them all down on a big long list. Get them out of your head and onto paper, whether physical or digital. There's nothing I like more than a good old brain dump. Once you do that, start thinking about what you want your business to look like in the new year. And start with some really high level questions like, Are you still trying to actually grow your business? Do you have new revenue numbers or profit numbers you want to hit? And don't forget, there is a big difference between revenue and profit. So if you're just chasing those top level numbers, but you're still not paying yourself a comfortable salary, you might want to focus more on the profit piece. Or maybe you're at a place where your business is basically running pretty well on its own. You're paying yourself a comfortable salary and now you just want to focus on smoothing out your processes even more so you can put more of your energy somewhere else or start generating a second stream of income. When you're thinking about what you're going to focus on in the new year, consider what you actually want the business to look like. How does the business fit into the lifestyle you want to create for yourself? And so that's why I want you to do both of these first two steps. And let me give you an example from my own business. When I first started e-commerce badassery, I was offering ongoing email marketing maintenance, like sending your weekly email newsletters. I loved the process of doing email, strategizing regularly, creating the content, But I quickly realized that in order to scale that, I would no doubt have to build an agency and hire a large team of people to help with the execution of the email marketing for my clients. And truth be told, I was not about that life. Building an agency like that would take me further and further away from my clients. And the one-on-one interaction, the brainstorming and strategizing are what I enjoy most about this business. Digging in really deep into someone's business from all angles, uncovering hidden revenue, operational inefficiencies, generating marketing ideas, and teaching my clients about e-commerce is what really lights me up. So I knew I was going to have to pivot away from email marketing maintenance in order to make that possible. And I did. If you're still chasing those revenue numbers, but you're not really sure why, Start asking yourself the hard questions. Do you really want what comes along with running an e commerce business that does eight and nine figures? Do you want to manage a team of that size? Do you want to potentially take on investors someday and in everything that goes along with that? Are you chasing the numbers because you just feel like you have to because that's what everyone else, including your competitors, are doing? And this reminds me of a guest I had on the podcast. Her name is Jessica Principe, and she is the founder of All Girl Shave Club. We talk about her story in episode 20 of the podcast if you want to check it out. But the short story is, after a year or so in business, some big players came into her space. These were VC-backed companies who were looking to take over the industry. And as a small business owner, she had to make a choice Does she go down the investor route to compete directly with these new brands, or does she carve out a space all her own in the market? And that was going to look really different. And so she had to think long and hard about why she created this business and what she really wanted from it. These questions are so important because it's really easy to end up building a business you don't even love or enjoy. And when you know where you're trying to go and why you're trying to go there, it's a lot easier to figure out what you should be doing next. When you go and look at that initial insights list, that brain dump, does it line up with where you want your business to go? Let's use my business as the example. We'll go back to the managing email. Maybe I figured out that I needed to add five more email marketing clients to my business in order to hit the revenue numbers that I wanted. So when I go back to that second set of questions, what do I want my business to look like? And ask myself if that lines up with adding five more clients. The answer is no, they don't line up. Let's look at a product based business as an example. Let's say I sell a product for moms and I saw a big uptick in sales for the Mother's Day season last year. I also saw that I had a lot of customer inquiries about being able to personalize the product. So it would be really easy for me to say, sure, let's add personalization because all of my customers are asking for it. But let's think about what actually goes into adding that. First, I need a way for the customer to tell me what the personalization is when they purchase it. Then I need a machine or some sort of tool to execute that or I have to outsource it. There's also labor involved because I'll need someone to do the actual personalization. And what happens if they mess it up? Can it be fixed or will that product have to be tossed and then we lose money on it? Do you want to run a personalization business and take on everything that goes along with that? One of my clients who does offer personalization in her business actually just said after doing it for a bit of time, they figured out it's just not profitable and creates more headache than it's worth. They're not getting rid of it completely, but they're just going to offer it at certain times of the year. The point is when you're sitting down to make these decisions, look at it from all angles. Another insight you might have gathered is that you want to increase your revenue. (laughs) Shocker, right? But dig a little bit deeper and figure out how exactly you're going to do that. Is it about driving more traffic? Is it new products? Is it increasing your AOV? It may be a combination of all of these things, but try and be as specific as possible. For instance, maybe you have some lower priced add-on items that don't get a ton of attention. But if you could just add one of those items onto half of your existing transactions, you could capture a lot more revenue. So one of your first initiatives might be to add a cross-sell app to get that product in front of more of your customers. If you're talking about driving more traffic, well, there are a lot of ways you can do that. Do you need to get on social media more and step out as the face of the brand? Is that something you really want to do? I will always encourage you to do so, but I know it's not for everyone. So, if you're not about that life, you might be better off creating partnerships that allow you to get in front of other people's audiences or focus on influencer marketing. Like I said, the purpose of these first two steps is to figure out what strategies make sense not only to reach your business goals but to make sure they actually align with your vision for your business and lifestyle. Okay, so now that you actually know where you're going, let's figure out how you're going to get there. The first thing I recommend you do is map out all of your important dates for the next year. Now, I don't expect you to create an entire yearly plan. That's not even the best option as a small business because you need to be able to adjust and pivot with the market. But it's helpful to have everything just mapped out at a high level. So then you can start reverse engineering your 90 day or quarterly sprints and focuses. Once you've got those, you can also set yourself some future deadlines. If you know you want to try and get your product featured in gift guides for holiday 2021, set yourself a marker for when you need to start reaching out to people. And this will typically be in July or August, depending upon whether the publication you're focusing on is print or online. Maybe you're going to have seasonal product throughout the year. So set those reminders for when you need to start production on those items to ensure you have them in hand on time. And maybe you know that come next holiday, you're going to need more warehouse support. So set a date on when you need to start looking for those people. Now that you've got all those high-level dates set, start thinking about your products and what do you want to focus on? Is there a specific category you want to push or build out more in your business? Do you have a newer product that needs a little bit more attention or one that you just haven't given a lot of love? If you're focusing on a specific category that you know drives the majority of your business, how can you lean into that more? Does it make sense to buy deeper into those units so you can get them at a lower price and increase your margin. Maybe you want to set up a funnel specifically for that new product and create a customer journey around the item because you know that item has the potential to contribute more to your business than it is right now. Once you've got a handle on those high level goals, you can break them down into a rough outline for the year. So let's go back to that product for mom that we mentioned. In Q1, you may focus on creating a funnel specifically for the product. In Q2, you focus on a big Mother's Day campaign. In Q3, you're gonna focus on getting it into gift guides. And then in Q4, you're just gonna focus on selling the damn thing. In addition to your product, Let's think about the marketing and operational insights we found. So, let's say we figure out that our customer service process is really clunky. So, we want to add a customer service platform to make that easier. We also want to dial in our email marketing a little bit more. Sure, it's performing, but we think it can do better. And we also want to drive more traffic. And since we know that partnerships are a big driver for our business, we want to create more of those. But what should we focus on first? Here's how I would map it out. In Q1, I would focus on updating my email automation. Let's get this knocked out at the beginning of the year so it's optimized for all my initiatives moving forward. Because remember, email works for you in the back end to support all your other marketing activities and sells your product for you. So it makes sense to do this first. This is where you can do things like tweaking subject lines, updating imagery and content in your emails, Maybe you're testing delays, adding more content to overcome any new objections you saw pop up from your customers, things like that. In Q2, I would continue on email marketing, but in a more holistic sense, like testing out different content and focusing on list growth. The majority of sales in Q4 come from customers who interacted with your brand earlier in the year. So this is a great time to start analyzing what does and doesn't work in your email marketing today you might want to start including more lifestyle content or finally get on a weekly schedule or be more intentional with growing your list from social media. In Q3, I would implement the customer service platform and creating those partnerships you know do so well for you. The partnership piece might be something you stretch out over more time as it does require researching, connecting, brainstorming. If your email marketing is more or less dialed in, this is something you might want to start in Q2 instead. And then in Q4, you're going to focus solely on selling your product and taking advantage of those newfound partnerships and email marketing strategies. Next up is to plan out your next 90 days and break this down even further. You can, of course, go this deep for each quarter now if you want, but if the thought of that is overwhelming, don't bother doing this 90 days at a time is good enough. So let's keep moving forward with those examples. For Q1, I want to build out a funnel for my mom product and update my email automation. So what do we need for the funnel? A blog post for SEO and attracting organic traffic with the content upgrade to grow our email list we're going to need social media content. We're going to need ads specifically for this product, both for cold audiences and remarketing. You'll also want a good landing page for the product. It may be your existing product detail page that you just beef up with new and better content or an entirely new page. You're likely going to want updated images and an updated email sequence specifically for this product. So now you want to prioritize what you need to work on first and set some timelines for when you need that work to be completed. So for Q1, we want to plan this out within 13 weeks. I know we want to start with doing the keyword and content research for the blog post. This is the most important step because once you understand their language and their objections, you can create content that speaks directly to your customer. And then this is going to drive everything else that you do, not just the blog post, but your ads, your social content, the landing page, the email series, everything. So to start breaking this out, I'm going to say by week three, I want the research part done. I'm going to give myself a little bit of extra time here because this is the most important step, right? And it's going to take the most amount of time. Then by week four, we want to write the actual blog post and create the content upgrade, By week five, we want the landing page to be updated. By week six, let's get those updated photos. By week seven, we wanna create the email sequence. And then by week eight, we want to create and launch the ads. This then gives you a few weeks to test your ads and tweak your content as needed to really dial it in. It's okay if you don't get everything 100% correct from the jump, that's what the data is for, But by the end of Q1, you should have this entire funnel set up and pretty much dialed in, and then you can just let it run and move on to your next initiative. We've also still got time to update the rest of our email automation. So in week nine, go through and look at the results of your existing flows and automations. If you're not sure what is good or not good, go to ecommercebadassery.com forward slash free stuff and get yourself access to my free resource library. In there is a PDF all about email marketing, and it will give you the benchmarks for your email automations based on your industry. In week 10, we're gonna take that data and determine what needs to be updated. If your open rates are low, focus on your subject lines. If click rates are low, focus on the content and calls to action. If conversion is low, also look at the content not only in the email, but actually on your website and focus specifically on your messaging. Do you need to overcome objections? Do you need to speak more to the emotion behind purchasing your product? And then you can spend the last few weeks of the quarter actually updating the content and let it run for another 90 days and check back to see if your numbers improved. Are you starting to see how to break down these high level goals and prioritize them for your business? Once you've got a handle on this, you can then just repeat the process each quarter. Start with your high-level goals. In our example, Q2 was all about a Mother's Day campaign and the rest of the email marketing strategy. The more granular, the more focused, the smaller chunks you create, the easier it will be for you to make progress and actually accomplish your goals. And this concept is backed by science, friend. For each of those tasks you complete, each step of progress you make, you'll get a dopamine hit that rewards you for that small win keeps you excited to keep moving forward. If you're not convinced, think about a time when you had multiple goals but only achieved half of them. If you're like most humans, you likely focused on the ones you didn't hit instead of those that you did. Then you end up in a negative spiral, feeling unaccomplished like you're always behind the eight ball. Look, there's nothing wrong with having big goals. You should dream big. But when you're really trying to get shit done, break it down as small as you can to give yourself some momentum. Make it easy to wrap your head around. Make it feel like it's easier to accomplish. And it will be. Let me give another example from my days of retail management. As a retail leader, which I did for many, many years... One of my main responsibilities was to hit the sales goals of the company I worked for and motivate my team to do the same. One of the easiest ways to help the team wrap their head around what we needed to achieve was to break it down to the smallest possible numbers. For example, let's say we needed to hit 10K in sales on a Saturday. First, I would break those down into hourly goals that each associate could strive for. This would be based on the average sales we would see at certain times of the day, coupled with when and for how many hours they worked. Giving the morning associate the same goals as the afternoon associate didn't make sense because there was such a big difference in our traffic during different times of day. Then I'd also break it down based on the number of transactions they needed based on our average order value. So if our AOV was $60, then we needed 167 transactions for the day, broken down over our and associate, made it more manageable for each of them. So I would kind of break this up in multiple different ways, just so we could all kind of wrap our head around what this really meant. What did we really need to do? And everyone would sort of click on different things, right? Because everyone's brain works a little bit differently. If we missed a sales goal, let's say we missed it by $1,000, I'd break that down too. If we stick with our $60 AOV, that would mean we only had 150 transactions. And there's a couple of different ways to position this. Like we only needed 17 more transactions. And in a 10-hour day, that would be less than two transactions per hour. Or we just needed to add $7 to each transaction we did have. That sounds a lot more manageable, right? When it comes to creating and actually hitting goals for yourself, it's a lot easier to accomplish when you get super specific and give yourself a slew of tiny wins to stack on top of each other. Dave Ramsey recommends this same strategy when paying off debt. He always says pay off your smallest balance first, regardless of the interest rate. The entire reason for this is to give yourself a win of getting rid of one of those balances in its entirety. It has nothing to do with whether or not it's the cheapest one. It's all about giving yourself that small win and building momentum. My husband and I both have student loans, his being significantly larger than mine, thanks to my first few years being at a state school. Because his is big, it seems like we should try and pay that one down first, but then we're just perpetually paying two loans and feeling like we've made little to no progress. Versus if we just wiped mine out and then we only had one to pay. It's a little mindset shift to trick our brains and keep us motivated and feeling accomplished. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to an article that talks more about this concept and a study that was done, which talks about why our brains like short-term goals. When it comes to planning, I know it's not sexy and it feels like so much work up front and it is, but in the end, it's worth it to put that bit of work up front so you can see better results moving forward and keep yourself on track. If you need help figuring this out for your own business, find me on Instagram at ecommercebadastry or book a free clarity call to see if I can support you in this. Hint, hint, I probably can. Brainstorming people's businesses is legit my favorite thing to do. And the link to my calendar is in the show notes. That is a wrap for today, friend. Cheers to a kick-ass 2021 of not only setting, but accomplishing our goals. And I will see you on the flip side.